and my Redeemer. Amen. So we've got a pretty powerful scripture this morning where Paul is telling the people there in Galatia uh, several things. Um, and there's three things I really want us to focus on today. The first one is he, he calls them to freedom. He reminds them that because of Christ, they are set free. But then he warns them not to misuse their freedom. And then he tells them, he leaves them with how to fulfill the law. To love thy neighbor as themselves. And so that's kind of where I want us to focus. And I really think it can apply to what's going on here in our community. And all the wonderful things that are about to happen here at Emmanuel United Methodist Church. Paul has already mentioned back in verse 1 that Christ has set the Galatians free. And free from what? He's talking about free from the old Jewish law. Free from having to do these things to get to heaven. To these things to be accepted by God. He's telling them that Christ is all you have to have. So this is breaking Jewish tradition. You do not have to fulfill these laws anymore. The slavery that he is talking about, being freed from, is a slavery to sin. He is talking about the Galatians as they are enslaved to their sinful nature. And even though this was written a long time ago, it's still very applicable to our life and our society today. We each come with different temptations and different sins and different problems that we deal with. And oftentimes the world tricks us into being enslaved to that. Thinking that we are not worthy enough. That we don't deserve Jesus Christ. And we don't. But we don't have to worry about that because he's already paid the price for us. Paul's fear is that they will continue living trying to be good enough and miss the point that Christ has already taken the test for them. I found a story this week, and some of you may be familiar with this story, but it's a story about these two grandchildren, Johnny and Sally. And as they go to spend the weekend with their grandparents, Johnny's grandpa gives them a new toy. And oftentimes it's similar, probably a toy that his parents wouldn't have wanted him to have. Y'all know how you grandparents don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. They give him a slingshot. And so he goes out in the woods and he starts picking up rocks like a little boy would. And he starts slinging that slingshot, trying to hit trees, trying to hit anything he can. And he never hits anything. He misses over and over. Well, as he's called in for lunch, he picks up one last rock and he looks down to the little creek there and he sees his grandmother's pet duck. And he says, I can hit that duck, knowing he's not going to hit that duck. And he throws that rock, and he hits the duck. And the duck falls over dead. Johnny knows he's in big trouble. So he runs, and he gets the duck, and he hides it in the woods. And he hides it in the pile there so nobody can see it. But like sisters often do, they're watching. And Sally sees everything. So after lunch, Grandma says, Sally, why don't you come... Help me with the dishes. And she says, no, matter of fact, Johnny said he wanted to do the dishes. And she leans over and whispers, remember the duck? So Johnny does the dishes. Later in the evening, Grandpa says, hey, why don't we go fishing? Uh, no, I'm sorry, Sally needs to stay and help prepare supper. It's the funniest thing. Johnny said he wanted to help prepare supper tonight. Remember the duck. And this went on for days and days 
of Johnny not only having to do his chores, but having to do the chores of his sister because he didn't want anybody to find out. He was enslaved to his sister. He finally couldn't take it anymore and he ran to his grandmother and he said, I'm so sorry. I killed your duck. And she said, baby, I was standing at the window and saw all of it. But because I loved you, I forgave you when it happened. I just wanted to see how long you would be enslaved to your sister. <laughs> and that's a funny story, but our lives are very similar to that. Satan, the thief, the, the enemy, whatever, whatever you, the world, whatever you want to call it. Too often times it says, hey Andrew, remember the times you failed. Hey Johnny, remember the sins that you've created. Remember the bad things you've done. Remember this, remember that. And we, we fall into it and we, and we answer to that so that we don't have to answer to God because we're embarrassed, we're ashamed. But God's sitting there in heaven and He's going, my children, I saw it happen. And because I love you, I forgave you when it happened. How much longer are you going to let the world enslave you to this sin when my son's already paid the price? So we've got to let that go. We have got to be free before we can do anything else from Jesus Christ. The second thing that, that we are talking about is Paul warns them, don't misuse your freedom. See, oftentimes you hear, well, if I'm free, I can do whatever I want to do. And I don't know if there's anybody in this church this morning other than me who has tried to live their life according to their own plans. I'm going to do it my way, and I'm going to be free, and I can do whatever I want to do, and it leads to misery and emptiness and hopelessness because we're trying to do things our way. Um, as I started thinking this week, over 239 years ago, they signed and ratified the Declaration of Independence. These men wanted freedom so bad, they were willing to give up their individual freedoms. They gave up their fortunes. They risked the lives of their family. They lost their houses, their businesses, their ships, all the things they had worked real hard for. Because their desire for freedom was worth more than their individual opportunity to live as they wanted. They wanted freedom from the king so bad they became enslaved to their cause. Their cause for freedom. Because of their dedication, because of their foresight and seeing that freedom was necessary, we get to live in an independent America today. Living as Christians is a lot the same way. You're free to live as you want to live. You have free choice. But it will not provide happiness. And if you've ever compared living your life your way to living your life the way that Jesus Christ wants you to live, there's no comparison in the two. The freedom that you have to live when you enslave yourself, Paul says you're free, now become a slave. Now imagine being somebody sitting in Galatia hearing that. I'm free. Yay. Become a slave. What? But that's what he's telling us to do. To become a slave to one another. Willingly becoming a slave to one another. So that we can love each other as ourselves. To be enslaved means to lose your freedom and lose your right to choice. 
And this doesn't seem like something that maybe Paul really wants Christians to do because it makes it sound like Christianity is this this boring life where I can't do anything but obey what Jesus tells me to do. And that's not the case. There is so much joy that comes from being enslaved to Christ that you don't have to worry about anything else in your life. You don't have to worry about where the next paycheck, the next meal, or am I going to fail, am I not going to fail, because He's right there with you. He's already done it for you. A preacher put it this way as he was explaining it. He compared it to a wedding. Now, this is the way that this pastor explained it. Now, I want to add a little side note here and say this could apply to either side, the man or the woman, so don't attack me this ladies the pastor said he looked at the bride and he said in a minute that young man is going to tell you he loves you no matter what he loves you forever no matter what so you don't have to do anything you don't have to cook for him you don't have to clean for him you don't have to do laundry now the guys are getting mad hang on a minute And the bride has three options at this point. One, I don't believe you. That's not true. I have to do these things in order to be good enough for him. Number two, I'm free. I don't care. I'm going to go do what I want to do. The self-indulgence. The living the life your way. I think everybody here can agree that that's not going to turn out good for anybody. And then there's a third option. And the third option hit home because I think this is exactly what Paul wants. And I, I know that this is what Jesus Christ wants. Wow. Wow. You love me that much? You love me so much that it doesn't matter if I mess up? It doesn't matter if I fail? Wow. You love me that much. That I have a desire to serve you. I have a desire to do whatever it is. And I think that's where we got to get as Christians. Wow. Jesus Christ loves us so much that I will give up my freedom to live as I want to live. So that I can live in a way that would glorify Him. So that other people could learn and earn that same freedom. This week, um, around our community, uh, Middle Tiger had a Sakahatchee camp. And I got the privilege of worshiping with him several nights, but I got the privilege of going out on site with him one night, uh, one morning. It ended up being night, didn't it? I was tricked. They said, why don't you come for just till lunchtime? Thirteen hours later, I got down off the roof of this lady's house. But it was a life-changing experience for me. These kids, they're on summer break. They have the freedom to do whatever they want to do. And you start listening to their stories and why they're there. Why they took a week to come up here and climb up on roofs and clean up stuff that you can't even imagine and fix things in in, in people's houses so that when it rains they don't have to put pots out. And you see the tears coming down from the people and this young, young, young girl told me, she said, that's why. Christ loves me so much I have to share this love with other people. I have to. I don't have a choice. She did have a choice, but what she was saying is it motivated her so much she had to. And as I sat there and I watched these 70-some-odd kids tell their story 
there was a common thing. They realized how much God loved them. And they had to share it. And this was one opportunity that they got to do so. So essentially, Paul is telling us our freedom should actually enslave us. Our freedom should actually enslave us to love. So how does that apply to us here at Emmanuel? A couple simple things. Get people here. Now I'm telling you, I spent a lot of time in prayer this week. I have never been this excited about what I know God's going to do. God is going to do amazing things through the people of this church for this community. Get them here. Tell them what's going on. Tell them each week what we're talking about. We're starting a new sermon series next week. When I was growing up as a kid, summertime was the perfect opportunity for story time. Go to the library, you have story time. My mom would take us every year. So this week, next week, we're going to start a sermon series, Story Time with Jesus. Tell them about it. Bring them. Go pick them up. Beg them. I don't care what. Get them here. Don't get them here for our benefit. Get them here because you know that God's going to do something so special and you love them so much that you don't want them to miss out on the blessing that they will have in their life. Pray. Pray for our church. Pray that God will reveal people to us that need the love of Jesus Christ so that we can share that for them. Be at the car show. There are going to be people here that don't go to church. There are going to be people here that go to other churches that are, 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 are mad at the church, bitter at the church, but something else brought them here. And they'll come because they don't have to go in a sanctuary and they don't have to listen to a boring preacher preach. But be here. Take some of the flyers like this one sitting on our table in the back. Take them. Put them up at your work. We know about it. We don't need the flyers here. We need you to take them home and share this with your neighborhood. If you live somewhere and they've got a community billboard, put it up. If you pass the post office, take one. Ask them. They'll let you put it up. Put it up so people know about it. We can't be the only ones that know about it. Every area of this community should know what's going on that day. They're out there. I encourage you to take them. Matter of fact, I'm challenging you to take them. Call someone. Check on them. Write them a letter. Send them a text message, an email, a Facebook. There's so many ways to get in touch with people these days. And you'll be shocked just how, just knowing somebody cared enough to check on me can make a big difference. If we're going to be successful with this mission, we have to be free in Jesus Christ. If we're going to be successful with sharing the love of Jesus Christ with other people, you have to know how much Jesus Christ loves you. You have to know that He loves you so much that whatever has happened in your past, whatever you struggle with, is irrelevant. He forgives you of that and He is calling you to become a slave to His kingdom and to share love with everybody. And we're all capable of doing it. We're all capable of doing it. As we celebrate our freedom today and we take part in the act of love that set us free in Holy Communion, my prayer is that you will know how much Jesus Christ loves you. We are free. But now the challenge is, will we use that freedom to continue doing things the way we want to do it? Or will we use that freedom to glorify Jesus Christ? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.